This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. How's everyone doing? Yeah? There's this interesting difference between uh, American English and British English. And that is that you guys say, are you okay? (laughs) And if you say, are you okay, to someone in the U.S., they answer by saying, yeah, why don't you think I'm okay? (laughs) Basically, you only ask someone, are you okay, if you think there's something wrong with them. So it's a difference that I've learned. But are you okay? Okay, awesome. So before I get into the topic, I just want to set a few ground rules. They're a bit unusual ground rules, not what you typically hear. But I'm going to ask you to do something for me. As a speaker, I have to engage in what seems like one-way communication, right? I'm speaking, and you guys are listening, right? But the thing is that I don't really, as a... Personally, I don't like one-way communication. I like two-way communication. I like connection, okay? So because we can't interact verbally, I'm going to ask you to use something called non-verbal communication. What am I talking about? Body language. What am I talking about? Make faces. You think I'm kidding. I mean it. What I, what I, what I'm, one of the most difficult things as a speaker is when you're speaking to a crowd who looks like this. <laughs> the entire time. Because me as a speaker, I have no idea whether or not I just said something that offended you, something that delighted you, something that confused you, or you're just really hungry. <laughs> so, what I ask from you is show me Interact with me through your expressions. Fair enough? Some are still not convinced. Sounds good. All right, go, girl. Okay, good. Okay, so, alhamdulillah, that helps me to understand what I need to explain further. You don't understand how much reading the speaker has to do with the audience. If the speaker really wants to connect with the audience, I have to read you. I'm actually, this isn't a passive thing that I'm doing up here. I need to read you, so help me read you, all right? Some audiences, yeah, it's like, I cannot read them. We won't talk about which ones, but anyway, um, Nottingham, no, I'm, anyways. Um, no, Michelle, they were a great crowd, but they were a bit difficult to read. Um, I was like, you guys get it. Anyways, alhamdulillah. The topic that I'm speaking about today, the title is, Why Can't I Get What I Want? Why can't I get what I want? This is a question a lot of people ask. What does this question mean? This question, what at a deeper level is this question talking about? At a deeper level, this question is getting at one of the aspects of this dunya. And what is that? That aspect is the fact that this dunya is essentially not perfect, right? We want certain things in life and we don't get it. We don't want certain things in life, and we get it, right? Good, you're getting into the habit. 
usually like the audience, especially in the UK, is kind of like very sort of culturally passive. Like we just, I don't, I'm American. So we're very expressive, and especially because I'm Egyptian. Um, but see, this life, we don't always get what we want. It's the very nature of dunya that it's not perfect. It's the very nature of dunya that I'm going to want things to work out a certain way and it isn't going to always work out the way I want. This is something we are going to have to learn to understand and then accept. But I'm going to actually put something even deeper for, like forward. See, it's one thing to accept. Yeah, you know what, things just, I didn't get what I wanted. And you know, there is a difference between sort of, you know when like a kid is forced to eat a vegetable that he or she doesn't like? Yeah, he might stuff it down, but he's not happy or she's not happy, okay? What, but then there's like someone eating their favorite food. Do the two look the same in how they eat? No. They're both doing the same thing. They're both swallowing it, right? They're both yeah, swallowing it. But one is swallowing it while hating it, and one is swallowing it while being pleased. You see the difference? Okay. Now, let me just say this. When something happens in life that I don't like, all right? When something happens that hurts me or I lose something or any kind of hardship happens in my life, there are three different types of responses. The first response is absolute displeasure, meaning anger, why me, it's not fair, God, how could you do this to me, that type of response. That type of response is a response that we're taught that a believer shouldn't have. That type of response is in fact a contradiction to sub. What's sub? Sub is generally translated as patience. But it also includes other things like perseverance and steadfastness. But we'll talk about sub, that patience. That when you respond with that first response, the response of this isn't fair. Why me? God, how could you do this to me? Almost as if the slave is putting Allah on trial. You get what I'm saying? Allah is being put on trial, and Allah is high above ever being put on trial. But it's as if the slave thinks that he or she is putting Allah on trial and is questioning Allah. Right? You know, when, have you ever seen like in the courtroom? How does it go when someone's being questioned by a lawyer and they're being drilled? But why, you know what I'm saying? And it's like they're being cross-examined. You know what I'm saying, right? Now, it's as if people try to do this with Allah. Something Allah chose for you. Allah chose it for you. It's His will. Allah gave you something. Allah took something. Some decision in your life that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made. And our response is... Why? How? It's not fair. You get it? As if we're in a courtroom. And Allah is the one who's being questioned. That first response is, is an absolute contradiction to sub. And it's a response that we as believers should always avoid. It is a response that indicates 
there's a problem internally. It, it, it's an indication that there's a problem internally and I need to I need to go inside, I need to fix up some stuff. I need to clean up inside. Makes sense. Now, some of you might think, OMG. Like, like that, we get scared. Because some of us might think, oh no, I responded like that in whatever situation. Or maybe I'm feeling that way right now. Well, oh no, like almost like a panic. But to that, I want to say this. Everyone in this room is still breathing, right? Hopefully. Everyone in this room's heart is still beating, right? Everyone in this room's soul is still in their body, right? Therefore, it's never too late. You see, one of the biggest mistakes we make is that we despair. You make a mistake, you're not perfect, you fall short, and then you despair. And you think, you know what, I messed up, so now I should just give up. There is that whisper that comes into our minds and into our hearts that tell us to just give up. Right? You messed up, so now you should just give up. You know that whisper that says, you might as well take off your hijab. Why do people feel that way? Why do people get to a point where now they feel like, let me just give up. Let me throw in the towel. Why? It comes from an avenue of despair. It's a feeling of, I'm not good enough. Right? And sometimes we actually put that on others. You know that whole rhetoric of, oh, did you see what that sister did? Did you see what that sister, you know, who that sister was with or whatever? You know what? She might as well take off her hijab. You get it? That kind of rhetoric is the, from the door of despair. And guess who's the king of despair? Anyone? No, not Trump. Who? <laughs> Shaitan. Shaitan is the king of despair. One of his favorite tools in his little shaitani toolbox is the tool called despair. And so he will use that tool on us as much as he can. You know, you look at you. Look at you. You think you're so pious, you're so good. You have this hijab thing all going on. You go to the masjid, you know, you're, you're trying to be all religious. But you know what? You're actually really bad because you did this and you did that and you fall short here. You get it? And he uses those flaws not to make us run to the mercy and forgiveness of Allah. Not to make us run to forgiveness and tawbah like Allah tells us to do. What are we supposed to do when we make a mistake? What does Allah say? and his messenger when we make a mistake or when we fall short. Repent. Simple as that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks in the Quran countless times about when we fall short and how the believers, yeah, the believers, the people of Ihsan, like the, the best of the best are those who, you know what? You know how Allah describes them in one place? Like if they committed a fahisha, you know what a fahisha is? It's like a really, really shameful like sin. 
Okay? It's like shameful, shameful sin. And he's describing who here? He's not describing the kuffar. He's not describing the disbelievers. He's not describing the atheists. He's not describing, he's actually describing the good guys. He's describing the, the believers, the people who, have, who will enter Jannah, etc., right? And how does he describe them? That when they commit, if they commit a fahisha, or they wrong their own selves. How do we wrong ourselves? Through sin. That when they do, if they do, they remember Allah and they seek forgiveness. That's actually how the good people are described. But you know, that might shock us because we are sort of taught to think that the good guys never commit mistakes. They never make mistakes. That the good guys never commit sins or especially fawahish. Right? But you see what Allah is saying is if you do this, if you do commit this sin, what should you do? You should run to the mercy of Allah. You should for, you should seek forgiveness. You should repent. You should remember Allah. What is it? It's a message of hope. It's a message of it's never too late until the day you die. I, I asked you guys a question. Are you still alive? And it wasn't a difficult question. Y'all are still alive. You're still breathing. Your heart's still beating. Your soul's still in your body. Therefore, then it's never too late while you're still alive. Therefore, there is hope. There is hope. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His messengers say to us that when we make a mistake, we should run to the forgiveness of Allah. That's it. But what does shaitan do? Shaitan says when you make a mistake, or even when you see others make a mistake, shaitan will say, you might as well give up. You might as well take off your hijab. You might as well stop praying you might as well stop going to the masjid. Because you know why? Because you're too bad. Because you're not good enough. You understand? So many, so many sisters. So many sisters. It's like you hear this rhetoric again and again and again. What is it that keeps them from wearing hijab? So many people, it's the same script. It's because I'm not good enough yet. That's all. It's like, it's like, I'm not at, I'm not enough yet, right? I'm not there yet. As if you have to first become perfect and then you put on hijab. As if you have to first transform into an angel and then put on the hijab. But here's the newsflash, right? The newsflash is no one's an angel that you can see. We hope angels are sitting with us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger tell us that when we remember Allah in a gathering, angels sit with you. These gatherings are blessed. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless it. But nobody who wears hijab is an angel. We are all flawed. And you're never going to get to a point where you're perfect. And this whole idea of let me get there first and then I'll do X, Y, Z. Is actually a logical fallacy. I'll tell you why. Okay? If I'm driving in my car and I look at the, the gas like meter, and it says that it's empty. Meaning I have no gas, right? What would you say about a person who says, you know what, just let me get to London and then I'll fill up. What, what, just from that simple example, what's the problem? 
How are you going to get to London if you don't fill up? No, 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 just let me get to London first and then I'll fill up. Are you guys following? So people have this logical fallacy when it comes to religion. Yeah, yeah, let me get religious, let me get spiritual first and then I'll put on the hijab. Let me get spiritual first and then I'll start praying five times a day. How are you going to get spiritual if it's not through these practices? Does that make sense? You see, hijab, salah, fasting, charity, vikir, all of these are the fuel that take us to London. You feel me? All of these things together, all of these things together are part, part of the fuel that takes us to being spiritual and being close to Allah. You get it? So it's just part of the path. It isn't a destination. Never ever think that something like hijab is a destination. Okay, when I've become perfect and, and, and I'm just so holy that I'm floating, right? Then I'll put on the hijab. And just so you know, just so you know, everyone who looks at me, you better know that I'm perfect because I have Islam. No, it doesn't work like that. We are human. All of us. But part of the fuel that takes us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is obedience. Really, that's all it really comes down to. It's that it's part of our obedience. And it's our obedience that, that serves as the fuel that takes us to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Make, make sense? Simple as that. It's as simple as that. So if you, you're sitting here and you're thinking, man, I think... Like I am, I, I, I'm not responding as I should. I said that when you face hardships, there's three responses, right? And I said the first one, we shouldn't do. But even if we have, and even if we are currently feeling that way, feeling almost resentful at Allah's decision, angry at Allah, thinking it's not fair. Why me? Why does that person have this and I don't? Right? This is a human weakness. But it's an indication not for you to despair. Not for you to despair and say, oh, let me just give up then. But it's an indication that you got to do some internal work. Internal cleaning. But there's always hope. Because, like I said, your heart's still beating, you're still breathing, and your soul's still in your body. It's only when all of that is not the case that we can't go back and fix it. So the first response we have to as believers avoid, and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make it easy for us to, to never respond in that way to the decision of Allah. Fair enough? The second response to I don't when I don't get what I want, essentially, or any kind of thing I don't like, is the response of sub, the response of patience. Now, the response of the response of patience or sub, sometimes at the very lowest level, is something in Arabic called tasabbur. Okay, or basically it means to struggle to be patient. Man tasabbur is that if somebody and this is a hadith that Prophet said, said, if someone struggles to be patient, you know the kid eating the vegetables even though it's like really hard and swallowing it? 
but he's trying. That if someone struggles to be patient, the hadith says, Allah will make them patient. That's understanding the meaning. That you're trying. Yeah, that kid is trying to eat the vegetables. If you just keep trying and pushing yourself and restraining yourself from complaint. From complaint. What is complaint? Do you guys know the difference between a complaint against Allah and a complaint to Allah? Does anyone know the difference? It sounds very similar, but it's actually worlds apart. Very different. A complaint against Allah is the first category. A complaint against Allah is this isn't fair, how could you do this to me, why me, why does this person have it, I don't have, you feel me? A complaint against Allah is this reaction. But a complaint to Allah, is that a contradiction of self? See, a complaint to Allah is something very different. Complaining to Allah means turning to Allah, not saying I'm displeased or I don't accept, but just saying, this is hard. You see the difference? Just saying, my Lord, yeah Allah, this is hard. And because it's hard, and because I'm only human, and I'm only, and I'm weak by, you know, human nature, please help me. See the difference? You're not saying, Ya Allah, I don't, I don't accept. You're not saying it's not fair. You're not saying why me. You're just saying it's hard, so please help me. Do you understand the difference? This is a very, very significant difference. You know why? Because I said the first category is something that a believer should never do. But you know what the second category is? Even the complaint to Allah, Prophets did that. Prophets did that. How do you know? It's in the Quran. Yaqub alayhi salam. What's his story? In Surah Yusuf. He's, he loses his son. And he's so sad that he cries until he goes blind. And yet, he has sabrun jameel. A beautiful patience. So you have this prophet who has beautiful patience, not just patience, beautiful patience, and yet he's crying. Well, immediately, this looks like a contradiction to a lot of people's definition of sub. How many people have seen, for example, a grieving widow crying at a funeral and say to her, Sister, have patience. Or be strong. Say what? I'm, I'm confused. When in the world did it say, or where in the world did it say, that crying means either you're not being patient, or that you're not being strong? You see our definitions. There's this like video, you know these videos, these motivational videos that they have on like Facebook and stuff? Oh God, I keep seeing this video, it's so annoying. It's like, what I've learned, and it says, I have learned to be strong, even when I want to cry. You get it? You get the problem? 
But most people read that and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the problem there? They're, they're assuming there's a contradiction between being strong and crying. Can I just shatter that myth, please? Yaqub alayhi salam cried until he went blind. Are you calling him weak? Are you saying he wasn't strong? Do you understand? He's in fact so strong that he is, his, his patience is being mentioned in the Quran as sabrun jaleed. It's a, not just patience, it's like the epitome of patience. But he cried until he went blind. So this is the first thing, is that in the second response of patience, it doesn't mean that you can't cry. It doesn't even mean that you can't feel sadness. The Prophet ﷺ felt sadness. Yaqub ﷺ felt sadness. And in fact, that's where we get that mention of complaining to Allah. He said, I only complain of Allah, I only complain to Allah of my sadness. So number one, that's showing us like, he felt sadness. What, are you saying that prophets were human? They weren't these like, angels in human form or robots. They were human beings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose to give, you know, Allah could have sent angels with the message by the way, right? Allah could have sent angels with the books, simple. But Allah chose to send human beings for a reason, why? Because we are human beings and and we can relate to another human being. Please, we have to stop this this weird kind of like superhuman humanizing of our uh, leaders. Not just our prophets. Do we do it with our shiuch? We do it with our public figures. Wait, what do you mean they're human? What they 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 go to the bathroom? Like, wait, they they get married and divorced? What? Yeah, like what? Aren't they supposed to be like floating around like with wings? You guys feel what I'm saying, right? It's this idea that, no, no, those religious people, right? The, the, almost like we make a clergy. Yeah, we're not that. <laughs> That's not Islam. There's this like, you know, this elite religious. They're not supposed to be human like us. They're not supposed to be human like us. That's completely wrong. And it's not the design of Allah. Allah could have made the messengers angels, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His wisdom made them human beings. Get it? They're supposed to be human. They're human and it's supposed to be that way. Okay? So this idea, again, we have to understand that that humanity is part of the design of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Yaqub alayhi salam felt sadness. And he complained to Allah, not about Allah. Yaqub alayhi salam had beautiful, perfect patience. He wasn't complaining, why me? How could you take my son, you didn't take his son? No. But he felt sadness, because he's a human being. And he complained to Allah of his sadness. The Prophet ﷺ, when he lost his son and he was crying, what did he say? The famous saying that the eyes shed tears and the heart feels sadness, but the tongue does not stay except what is pleasing to Allah. 
He's teaching us this balance. This balance. That we are human beings and to feel emotion doesn't mean that you don't have enough iman. To feel emotion doesn't mean you don't have enough sub. It's, it's like they tell people, oh, and if you have iman, you'll never feel sad. What? How many, come on, be honest. How many times have you heard that? Exactly. How many times have you seen these memes and these videos, this video going around? I need to just write a book against this video. <laughs> Sadness is from the shaitan and dang. You know, like a believer should never feel sad. Sadness is from the shaitan. Sadness has no purpose. Sad Ooh, it's like so extreme. It's not, it's not balanced. It's not correct. I can tell you a million reasons why it's not correct. But let me just tell you a few. Yaakub felt sad. Yeah, he felt sad. The Prophet went through a year of Anyone? Sadness. Why? Because that's how humans react to losing things they love. It, are you saying they didn't have enough iman? Or were they just human beings? Do you understand my point? So we have to be very balanced here in understanding what, what does it mean to really have patience? Doesn't mean I don't feel sadness. Doesn't mean I can't cry. Doesn't mean I can't complain to Allah. And the answer obviously is no to all those three things. Why? Because the prophets did these things. The prophets, peace be upon them all, they felt sadness sometimes. They complained to Allah. These, and they, they asked for help. They asked for help. And you, alayhi salam, you know, if you really want to understand, there's so much you can learn from just studying the du'as, the supplications of prophets that are mentioned in the Quran. One of these du'as is the du'a of Ayyub As you know, the story of Ayyub is that he was tested after test after test after test, right? He's losing, you know, he was wealthy, he was healthy, he had children, had family, and all these things. And one by one, they were taken away. And finally, he gets to a point, like he's patient, he gets to a point where he makes this dua to Allah subhanahu Study this dua. Study this dua. This dua, it's just a couple words, summarizes the response that a believer should have in trial. Simple. Indeed, calamity or adversity has befallen me. So let's look at the first half for a second. Is he in denial about his pain? Is he like, no, 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 nothing's wrong, nothing's wrong. I just got a gunshot wound, but everything's fine. That denial, that suppression, like when something's wrong, when you've been when you've been wounded or you're in pain and people tell you people teach you that the solution is to just put your happy face on you know that happy face that's all over facebook and
and Instagram because there's so many happy filters and Snapchat and stuff like that. You can be a happy bunny. You can. There's so many ways. You guys are you already feeling what I'm saying? There's so many ways to put on masks, and there's so many layers of masks. But that's what we're told that the solution is just sweep it under the rug and put on your happy face, Photoshop it, and that's all you can show to the world is that. Oh yeah, everything's perfect. Didn't you notice I'm perfect? You're perfect. Everybody's perfect, right? You're not going and talking about the things that the flaws that you have or the pain you're going through. No, no, no. You're talking about how awesome your life is, right? And how perfect everything is, and how amazing your husband is, right? Why are you putting that on Facebook? If he's amazing, you know, alhamdulillah, great, why are you asking for it? Like, it's like our need to almost display and show off is almost more important to us than just protecting our blessings. You know what I'm saying? This is the advice of the Prophet I said them. You know, protect your blessings by keeping it on the DL. Like, you don't have to announce every blessing that you have. Because that's just not wise. You feel me? But the idea is that we have to show the world that we are perfect, and our life is perfect, and our skin is perfect. We got the filters. <laughs> and our spouse is perfect, and our children are perfect. When you get the children, you got to have their pictures. And their, they did their Quran, mashallah, mashallah, hafiz. Why are you... Anyways, I'm sorry. Every time I see one of those posts, I'm like, why? <laughs> like, you're just getting so much envy. Like, why? Just why? Yeah, alhamdulillah, say alhamdulillah. Mashallah. Great, move on. Like, you do not need to advertise it. Like, you don't. But, but there's a very deep urge to show the world and prove to the world, I got these things and I'm great and I'm happy. All you're allowed to be is happy, by the way, ever. You know what I mean? Happy British Muslims. They gotta always be happy. Don't ever not be happy. You know what I'm saying? Like there's this push that the only thing that you can be is happy at all times, perfect, right? Flawless. There's so much pressure. There's so much pressure. How do you even get away from that? Look, it's not realistic that you're just gonna have no connection to social media. It's not realistic. You're gonna be on Instagram, you're gonna be on Facebook, you're gonna be on Snapchat, right? But I will just say this as a side thing. There are ways to manage these outlets so that they can do more good than harm. Can I just tell you a secret? There's this button on Facebook that says unfollow. Do you guys know about this? Click. No one has to know. You don't have to unfriend, it's cool. Be their friend. They, 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 they post a different selfie every day and, and what, they're, what they're having their burger at that particular moment. And that's important stuff, but maybe you could unfollow. Why am I saying that? Because you become a 
affected by everything you look at, everything you read, everything you listen to. You see, these constant inputs that we're bombarded with, don't think they don't have an effect. Every time you look at a new picture on Instagram of the Kardashians, or whoever, or whichever new makeup slash hijab tutorial slash fashionista, there's so many, yeah? That's fine, but if that's all that you're like bombarded with, guess what? Once you focus on grows, what do I mean by that? It's gonna be all that matters to you. And it becomes more and more important to you. You know what the problem with that is? That now you've actually forgotten about what does really matter because we are so focused on these things. And it's like I've never, we're living in an age where there's such an obsession with appearance, I just, it boggles my mind. Such an obsessed, we are such an appearance obsessed culture and world. And it is because of this constant bombardment with you gotta be perfect and there's this perfect picture and then there's this, you know, filter and it's just like, we can't even be real anymore. We can't even be real anymore. Is this true? We can't. It, the only thing we can do is put on the Photoshop filtered image to the world. And it's everywhere. You can sort of, you can actually control that by controlling your intake. I'm not telling you, get off Facebook, get off Instagram, get off Snapchat, and just sit in the masjid and read Quran all day. Because obviously that's not realistic. And even the Prophet didn't tell us that we're supposed to just sit in the masjid all day. Real, true spirituality is happens while you're living in the world. And while you are involved with these roles, while you're a mother, while, while you're a teacher, while you're in school, while you're a father, you get it. And yes, while you're involved with, with what's happening in social media, etc. What's happening? But there is a way to make it so that it's more beneficial and it does more good than harm. You know what I mean? Be conscious of what you're following. Simple as that. If you just, one small change you can make in your life, practically, I'm just talking real here. One small change you can make in your life that if you actually do that today, and you look at the effect it has after a few weeks, you'll be amazed. It will actually change the way you see the world, the way you feel about yourself, the way you the way you, you view everything. And that's just one small thing. Adjust your news feed. You guys see what I'm saying? Just adjust your news feed, your Instagram news feed, and your Facebook news feed. Adjust what it is that's coming on your feed. Is it all just a bunch of, well, I mean, it could be different things. Is it all just a bunch of like fashion stuff, selfies, food, and that's it? Right? Or, or is it a bunch of really bad news over and over and over? That will affect how you see the world. You can actually use social media to inspire you. You can use it. Social media is a tool. You use it how you want to use it. You can adjust your newsfeed so that it's giving 
things that are empowering you, that are that are inspiring you. Things beyond just what's the new thing in fashion, or what Trump is saying, or whatever. Like we have to be mindful of what we're obsessed obsessing over, or what we are focusing on. Yeah, I get it. You gotta be involved. You gotta know what's going on. Fine, but but be mindful of what you're focusing on. Be mindful of the quality of what you're intaking, the quality of what you're looking at every single day. You're on Instagram every day. You're on Snapchat every day. You're on Facebook every day, and so am I. I mean, this is this is this is our life. So you have to be mindful. This is something you're. It's like food, right? The food you're eating every single day. If it's if it's horrible quality, it's gonna have an effect over time, right? Right? That's why they have this whole movement of eating organic and right and avoiding preservatives. Y'all are much much better off than the U.S. But anyway, that's a different story. We have poison in all of our food, like processed food. I picked up a bag of chips in the U.K. and I was shocked. It didn't have any preservatives. It didn't have any MSG. It didn't have any artificial colors. I was like, what? This is insane. Like. It's almost like they have a competition. How much they can pack into one bag of artificial colors and 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 preservatives and MSG? But it's a it's a business. But that's a different story. The point is that what you're eating, because it's something you're doing every day, it's very important and it does have an effect on you over time. That's why there's such a movement about healthy eating, right? We understand this with our bodies. We get it. You're not going to eat molded food, are you? Some people seem a bit unsure. <laughs> you're not. You're not. You're not going to eat molded food because it's going to poison you inside. It's toxic. There is so much molded stuff out there on social media. It's just garbage. It's useless. It's useless, and it's actually not just useless. It's harmful. I'm trying to tell you that it does have an effect. At the very minimum, if the only thing that you're following is just stuff that has to do with fashion, and that's it, it doesn't take a genius to tell you that you're going to be obsessed with appearances. Get it? And guess what? You're going to feel horrible about yourself all the time because you're never going to be good enough. Yes or no? Absolutely true. It doesn't take a genius. What you What you in, in, in input becomes what you are, and what you see, and how you see the world. You have, you can. My point is that you have control over that. You have control over your media, more so than ever before. Really, you choose. You have so much choices. So just be mindful of that. Be mindful of that. So when we talk about this du'a of of Ayub alayhi salam. He began by acknowledging. He's not pretending. He's saying, that indeed hardship, calamity, adversity has befallen me. He's not pretending everything's okay and putting on, you know, a mask. He's being real with Allah. Make sense? But here is the point I want to make. I said earlier that I'm really upset about this video. It annoys me every time it comes on my newsfeed. Because everyone's so excited about it.
But it's basically saying that sadness, and he uses the word sadness, and that's my problem is the word sadness. A different word should have been used. You know what it is? Despair. You know there's a difference. You know there's a difference. Hopelessness. 